One of the things I'm most proud of is that the state of Florida stands unequivocally in defense of the family and in defense of our children. And we have done more to protect children than any state in the country. Of course, I was fortunate enough to sign the Heartbeat Bill, which is the strongest pro-life bill Florida has seen in its modern history. We got it done. I believe there's a, a coming storm that we'd all better be ready for. We're living in a cancel culture. They want us to shut our mouths. They don't want to hear from us. And now, if you don't preach the gospel, you don't have anything to worry about, okay? But if you're going to try to preach and proclaim the gospel, they're going to try to shut you up. We cannot back up. We can't retreat. Don't apologize for the gospel. Hi, Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. Well, that was quite an opening for the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Orlando. First, the governor of Florida, now a candidate for president, uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, bringing a powerful message, part of which you just heard, followed by, you know, that guy named Franklin Graham, who now looks a lot like his dad. Uh, but sounds, uh, Franklin has found his own niche, and his challenge to the audience was uh, amazing, and you just heard part of that as well. And that's how the opening night began. Well, today's show is a taste of what happened at the National Religious Broadcasters. You're going to hear from the president of uh, the National Religious Broadcasters, and then an interview I did uh, with uh, just a ministry that just knocked my socks off. And I really, it's, it was very personal to me because of my work with North, in North Korea. And I actually think that you're going to enjoy this. So I actually do. I think you're going to enjoy all of it. But first, it wouldn't be possible if we didn't have a sponsor. So uh, like Preborn. Preborn Network Clinic is our sponsor. Abortion seemed like the only option for a girl named Mackenzie. But she and her boyfriend agreed to an ultrasound. And it was still too early to determine if her baby was healthy and viable, but her client advocate from Preborn was able to help them better understand fetal development and what is involved in abortion. And they were both horrified. They were invited to come back for a second ultrasound, and after hearing her baby's heartbeat, it became real, but she still wasn't sure. After a third ultrasound, she was still confused. But when the client advocate told her about God, and the miracle of life, she and her boyfriend decided to keep that baby. And now they're signed up for parenting classes and other services offered by a preborn network clinic. You see, that's how it works. Preborn is in the business of not only saving babies' lives, but really saving the eternal life, creating eternal life, presenting eternal life to the moms, uh, and, and to, to bring abundant life. It's really not enough just to save the baby, although that's what they do. So the way they work is through these ultrasound uh, machines that they offer, they cost $28 for each test for these girls or revelation, ultrasound. And if you'd like to help, you can go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com. Well, coming up next is going to be the president of the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, Troy Miller. He, it was delightful to interview. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. Hi, this is Sandy Rios of Sandy Rios 24-7, and sitting next to me is the, well, new to me, president of the National Religious Broadcasters. He's the president and CEO of NRB, Troy Miller, larger than life, sitting next to me. Hi, Troy. <laughs> hey, Sandy. Thanks for having me. Okay, now wait. I have to ask you first about your Navy. You were in the Navy. Yes, I was. I served six years in the Navy. I was a gunner's mate missiles. I uh, commissioned the USS Bunker Hill, and I spent seven months in 1987 in the Persian Gulf escorting tankers in and out. You know, um, that's not irrelevant. I mean, I, I know that's not the main point of our conversation here, but 
How, how do you think that prepared you for what God called you to do later? Well, you know, it's interesting in a number of ways it prepared me. First of all, I had a grandmother who watched Christian television all the time, and she had this grandson in the Navy, and she knew he had a captive audience. So she sent me my first Bible. No she kidding. sent me D. James Kennedy's book, Why I Believe, and that was instrumental in bringing me to Christ. I and, had no idea. Yep. See, right, I'm well, glad I asked that question. Isn't that something? And there, you were there any? Were you? I don't know what years you served. So was there? Was it a peacetime? Was it peacetime? Well, like I said, it was 1987. The okay. Iranians had lined the Persian oh, Gulf yes. with Silkworm missiles. They threatened to shut down the oil traffic, and uh, the Navy put a task force together to start escorting tankers. And we did those first, I think, 38 or 40 escorts over seven months in and out of the Gulf. Wow. Yeah, I'd say that was tense times. Yeah. Well, Troy, uh, that's nice to know about you. I, I always respect someone who's served. And so thank you for that. Thank you. All right, so then you became a businessman uh, through a number of Gateway uh, computers and all of that. So we, we don't have time to, I remember Gateway. I had a Gateway. We ordered it. You kind of custom made, you know, ordered your yep, own, right? That's right. That was a great business. Yeah, everybody remembers the cow spotted boxes. <laughs> that's, that's the true. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Yes, I got a cow spotted box a couple of times. Uh, but. Uh, National Religious Broadcasters is like home turf for you and certainly familiar to me, but my audience, you know, I talk a lot about politics and news. Oh, yeah. So they may not really understand. This is the NRB, International Religious Broadcasters Association. Uh, what, who's here and what's the point? Well, who's here is everybody who's in Christian broadcasting, Christian communications, which is a huge field today. You know, uh, when interview started 79 years ago, it was just radio. And now we have radio and television and podcasters and bloggers and filmmakers and people that are in print publishing and digital publishing. And they're all here for a number of reasons. One, this is a great place to sharpen your skills. And it's also a great place to learn folks that are in the same, share ideas. The iron sharpens iron, I like yeah, to say, all yeah. the time is going on here. I believe um, that, too. And then also people that are concerned, especially in Christian communications, about the direction of where our country's going and the things that have happened to Christian communicators. You know, a lot of our people have been taken down from YouTube. They've had their Facebook pages taken down. They've had their Twitter accounts closed. Yes, uh, I they've know had, about that. They've had, yeah, you would know all I about that. It. You know, you can't talk about certain things today on social media. You're going to be in trouble. If you're pro-family, pro-life, if you believe in just two genders and, uh, and you believe the Bible's important, your content is under attack. Yeah, are censored and people yep. so people don't hear the truth. So that reminds me, your opening night, you had Franklin Graham, you had Ron DeSantis, who's now announced for as a presidential candidate. Uh, and uh, Franklin, I think, spoke about, and Abraham Hamilton III, who's a good friend and was my guest recently, because <laughs> now he's my guest as, rather than my just my friend. Uh, but uh, Troy, uh, Franklin Graham talked about creating a whole new platform that was untouchable. Uh, are you guys... Like, is that, mm, I know Franklin's doing that, but your thoughts about that? And oh, yeah, absolutely. And we've actually been working with Franklin's team on that and, and keeping constant touch with where they're at, how they're doing and creating their new data centers, maybe some new donor uh, platforms. We've also been in touch with a number of organizations uh, that are on that same thing. So as, as you know, Amazon's one of the big ones, AWS it's called, it's Amazon Web Services, um, they've been they've been shutting down access for them for a lot of Christians that use that for video distribution. And so so there's a number of companies out there that we're doing that. Um, we're also helping people find alternatives for insurance and banking and telemarketing. It's amazing today that our battle has shifted just from the government to a lot of corporate entities. And that's where we're, and NRB's on the forefront of helping people in that area. You know, I just have to say a word, um, Troy, this, I've known, I've been through several iterations of NRB presidents, and uh, and they've all been great. But I would say that under your leadership, they've get, there's been some growth, some of your, your resources, and there's growth in the whole organization itself. And so you've done a great job as president. Well, thank you. God's good. Yeah. You know, you, you talked about my gateway days. I always thought I wanted to be a pastor. <laughs> you know, I never knew that God could use all your business or a background and yes. say, hey, someday that's right. going to be used for the kingdom of God. So, so I just remind people, we might have plans, but it's God who orders our footsteps, right? right. I love that reminder, and certainly it's true. That reminds me. I should write a book. I did. You should write a book. <laughs> all right. So I want to, you know, NRB at times uh, has been very political, and I'm just, I'm not going to weigh in on that, except to say I'm, 
<laughs> that's what I talk about. It's kind of where I, I sit as a Christian. So, but organizations have to kind of navigate a fine line with this, and some big denominations and Christian groups uh, recoil from any kind of notion of having a thought about what they call political, but really it's actually moral from my perspective. Where does NRB stand on that right now, and what's the line that you don't cross? Well, we're a 501c3, so we don't endorse candidates. That's the line we can't cross. But other than that, uh, we stand strong on the issues today, you know, and we support our members. Um, NRB is a, all about making sure that we work hard to make sure that the distribution pass, what we call the avenues for communication, are kept open to the public squares for all of our members. So our members are out there working on the issues of pro-life. They're working on the issues of the whole gender confusion and LGBTQ issues. They're working on the pro-family issues that are out there. And they're working on the issues that really have made this country great. And we support them in all that. And, and I just try to remind people, we're not political. Um, politics has moved into the church, That's not right. the church into politics. Most of our people want to just continue to do what they're doing. They want to do what God's called them to do. And the government has been the one that stepped in and said, oh, you can't, you can't open your church, you can't do that, you can't talk about this. A lot of people don't remember, it was almost eight, maybe 10 years ago, the mayor of Houston tried to tell pastors what sermons they could do. Thank goodness he woke up and figured out that's not going to work. But but our policy team, we now have Michael Ferris as our general counsel. Good we're, friend. We're working, Former homeschool legal defense. That's yeah. right. We're working hard um, to really combat that. We just recently entered a lawsuit against the state of California. Talk uh, about that. Yeah. Because that's interesting. It, it is interesting. So along with Babylon B, uh, Minds Inc., and Tim Poole were in this lawsuit, and, and they were looking in NRB. We got together and said, hey, this is really going to affect our members because they're the, going to be the ones that have to implement this lawsuit. People, so what, what the lawsuit says is is for any social media kind of company. So that's any company that has a where you can create a personal page and then you can interact with other people on there and uh, Crosswalk.com, some other things that, that that Salem Network has and some other our members have that. You have to report all the controversial issues to the state of California. You have to report all these issues and doesn't really tell what they're going to do with that. But this is clearly California stepping in to be the free speech police. And, and we said, no, this is a, this is a violation of our members' uh, uh, rights here. Their free exercise rights, their free speech rights. So Mike Ferris is spearheading that. We're taking the state of California to court and saying, no, th this is really wrong. And here, here's the issue. We know they said, well, it's certain size of companies, over $100, 000, uh, $100 million in, in revenue. We know that the, the government never stops there. You know, to, to, no. it's that there, then it's going to move down. Right. Next thing you know, it's going to be the, the, yeah. the little mom and pops that are saying, oh, you can't talk about that issue. It's controversial. Well, totally. They, they don't ever stand still. They're That's always right. moving, taking more turf. And when you think it's like whack-a-mole, you think you've adjusted one thing, here it comes again. So, you know, I, I was just thinking, Troy, um, the power that NRB could have and does have. But if there were unity on an issue facing the church and all of the media outlets would join together to fight to rise up and say no more, think of what effect that would have. Of course, I, and let me give a caveat to that. Sure. I really don't think that we as Christians should think in terms of our power. I, I know that's kind of controversial. I moral majority, I think, erred in that. Uh, they were right about what they did, but uh, it's not about us gaining power. To uh, It really isn't, but it's about the power of God bringing, you know, salt and light <laughs> to the government. Yeah. So that's, uh, anyway, uh, just think about that. Yeah, uh, it, no, Sandy, you're exactly right. You know, we, we often get demonized as these groups that are just out about power. You know, in all of my work here that I've been doing in NRB, especially over the last four years when I've been directly involved in NRB, I've really never run across anybody that they're talking about, that I hear them talking about, that really want these power structures. Yeah. Like I said before, yeah, yeah, we're a large group. We represent, you know, Christian communicators reach 190 million households in the U.S. alone. There were 80 million uh, people uh, that, that profess that they believe in God. There are uh, 25 million or more people that go to church on a regular basis in this country. And like I said, really what Christian communicators want and people in the church is to be left alone. 
They don't, right. they're not actually out for power. What they want to be is left alone to do whatever God's called them to do. So if God's called them to be evangelistic, then let us do that. If God's called us to feed the hungry, if he's called us to clothe people, if he called us to be counselors, then let us do that. And if he's called us to preach the gospel faithfully, then let us do that. Again, it's more government intrusion. And and so what I see more happening today is as Christians stand up for just their basic rights, they're demonized as these, oh, they're trying to get power and everything. Well, hold on a second. The left, the anti sort of movement, the evil that's going on in this world, what they're really saying is we have the power and you all stay out of it. That's right. Be quiet. Just sit in your corner Just and be, be quiet. quiet. Be quiet and do as you're told. Right. And everything will be okay. Well, Christianity has never been that way. Otherwise, the scripture wouldn't have told us that even the gates of hell won't stand against the gospel. Right, right. Christianity has always been on the march, but it's never been on the march about power. It's been on the march about eternity. Yeah. It's where people spend eternity, and it's the hope and the power of the gospel that the Christian's on the march for. And we know as Christians, that's not a power we have. That's only a power that comes from God. That's right. And it's Jesus we preach, not our ministries. Amen. But I think, uh, and I think that we share that our I think our goal and I bet you agree with this is to share the gospel in every way through what we do it can happen through the news I always say that uh, the you know the, Paul said that the law is a teacher leading men to God I think when you talk about right and wrong it's a gateway to use a term that you're familiar with amen it's a gateway to God because he's the God of all truth I want to just say one last practical thing this uh, just because I was with um, I am with American Family Association, and I was their morning show host for 10 years. And uh, when a, a survey was done among voters in general in the 2016 election, we came in, I think, third in terms of the thing that people said influenced their vote, which is interesting because we weren't like, we weren't pushing a candidate on a 501c3, but they were listening to us for information. I only say that because that's the influence that Christian media can have. Amen. If it's, we do it, and the right motivation, uh, it can be powerful because of God's power, not because of ours. All right, so Amen. Troy, any final thoughts? One more thing you want to share about national religious broadcasters or what we're doing here? Sure, just for your audience to know, everybody out there, we do this annual conference every year. We'll be in February next year. We'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, you can go to nrb.org and get more information about that. And this is a great way. If you think God's calling you into Christian communication, this is a place to be. You can learn from people who have been doing it for a while. You can get all the tips you need to. But also, if you're just out there concerned about what's going on in our culture today. Uh, we run a number of what we call NRB forums where we get panels of experts together that talk about these issues, general confusion and cancel culture and all of these. And this is a great place. And we'll be, we'll be back again in February in Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. All right. Nash back to Nashville. Yep, back yeah, to Nashville. Yeah, that, that's back to home turf for NRB. All right, so uh, Troy Miller, president and CEO of the National Religious Broadcasters. It's been such a pleasure, Troy. Uh, I been, can't shake your hand. Uh, it's been it's a joy been, to be with you, Sandy. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. This has been Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. You know, we complain a lot about technology, at least I do. Uh, but I, when I was the first chairman of the North Korea Freedom Coalition, and that was a long time ago, uh, we actually got legislation passed through Congress that part of it was providing radios uh, to be dropped behind the, mm, the territory in the, the heart of North Korea. It ha would have Christian teaching and also just news from the world and uh, very clever ways of doing it, which I won't go into, but it was fascinating. But that was a very long time ago. So when I heard about this next story, I was excited because this is technology now to the, to the nth degree uh, being used to reach, you know, all the people groups of the world. It's an amazing story. And so first, you're going to hear from the founder, who's Australian, of what's called Mega Voice. And then you're going to hear my interview with Daryl Templeton, who's the vice president. Uh, it was a great interaction. It's just compelling. And I wanted you to hear all about it. But so this is how it all started. I was moved by the fact that there are 1.3 billion people in the world who are illiterate. They can't read. And therefore I asked the Lord if we could design a Bible that everybody in the world could hear and hear in their own language. And the Lord led me to uh, create, invent, Megavoice. Uh, and since that time, 
We've actually not only developed a range of units, but also developed a comprehensive audio Bible library. Uh, over 15,000 Bibles and New Testaments in over 6,400 languages and dialects that are spoken throughout the world. And it doesn't matter whether you are young or old, when you hear the good news spoken to you, you understand that God loves you and that He speaks your language. The Mega Voice Bible has a discreet design that avoids drawing undue attention but provides secure content. It is solar-powered and rechargeable, durable for all climatic conditions, compact and lightweight, which also minimizes freighting costs and is low maintenance. Along with a built-in speaker, it also has an audio port for private listening, making it also possible to amplify for larger groups. Most importantly, new technology means that this simple little chip can hold up to 1,400 hours of Bible readings and gospel teaching material, which can be easily updated using Megavoice software and connectors. The Megavoice ministry values your support and is an ideal way for you to play a major role in the evangelization of the world. There are a number of things you can do to assist with this vital and dynamic ministry. Now you can help. Break the silence and finish the task. Sandy Rios back with you on Sandy Rios 24-7. We are still at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and there are so many fascinating people here. And I'm really looking forward to this. This is a... um, an entity. I think you're one of the sponsors, are you not, Daryl? We are. Yeah, you're one of the sponsors of this uh, this gathering of broadcasters. Uh, but the, the thing that you guys do is fascinating to me because of my own life and interest in this. But So what is it? I'm going to just keep talking and never say. It's called Mega Voice. Uh, Daryl Templeton is sitting across from me. He's the, he's the chief partner's partnership office. Officer. Officer. Yeah. Officer. Sorry. Yeah. Is that an Australian like label that's not an american sounding no, title it, it, yeah i don't know where it came from it might be australian because one of our founders is definitely australian because so, i mean because yeah. it's not an american title as chief yeah. partnership officer and yeah. that's because you partnered with them and given and donated in all these years right no, no i interact with all of our partners so we okay. interact with um over 85 different bible societies wow and all the major mission boards and all the big groups like uh, Samaritan's Purse, I, IMB, et cetera, et cetera. So um, the names that a lot of people know, you know, African Inland Mission and, and MAF and on and on. So um, I get to be the go-between between our partners and Megavoice, the manufacturer of the audio Bibles. So I need to just, I'm just going to give some bullet points here. You could give these, but I'm going to because I just want people to know what we're talking about here. This is a Bible that's uh, uh, available in, I believe, I believe, 6,400 languages. Uh, It comes on a device that can be powered by solar. Oh, you're showing me that device. It's smaller than a cell phone. Uh, But it works like it's got buttons like a television uh, control pad like your cable. Um... Uh, it's uh, compact and lightweight, and I can see that it is exactly that. It has, I think, the capacity for 1,400 hours? Yes. Is that Or right? more, because once you, uh, if you push in an SD card, I mean, it's virtually unlimited. Uh, you know, so uh, it, it is it ju- it's not just, is it just the Bible? Ju- is it just the Bible? You know, it's just, <laughs> just the Bible. No, seriously, what is it? No, so uh, we work with a lot of different ministry and organizations. Um, in Touch Ministries, for instance. So with Charles Stanley, uh, that you know just recently passed away, but with InTouch Ministries, it is not just the Bible, but it's the Bible and his messages. So we have the Bible and his messages that we help them distribute in 127 languages around the world. By the end of next year, we'll be up to 150 languages. And so that's just one of the ways. So it's Bible, Bible teaching is what we're mostly known for. But we do a lot of work with humanitarian groups as well. So they might teach leadership development, um, business skills. They might do humanitarian, like the importance of clean water, um, brushing your teeth, washing your hands, all those kind of health uh, 
this material or teaching can also be put on the device. So it all depends on what our partners are needing to accomplish. Um, and then we do a lot of work in what we would call creative access countries. And the unit will go in just as a radio flashlight. And then once in country, um, mysteriously, they get other great content on it. <laughs> so. All right, so do you find that it's uh, something that, uh, let's say someone lives in a really remote area, let's say a tribe in the Amazon, or it hasn't really, uh, maybe has been reached somewhat, they know about, you know, outsiders, but they're not really, they're still very tribal. Do they take to this easily? Can they figure yes. it out? Yeah, <laughs> they usually, um, they'll usually need a little bit of instruction to figure out how to navigate. And one of the things that we find is many times they're afraid to turn it off because they're afraid that they're not going to be able to find where they were listening. So it takes a little bit of time to you know, show them how that they can navigate the stories, the songs, and scripture. And, uh, but once they do, they, they, it's very easy to use. It's very intuitive. So we are the number one most popular audio Bible for those who are blind and visually impaired. Oh, wow. So in the U.S. and Canada and throughout the world, wow. even so blind people can navigate their audio Bible on our player. And so it is easy and intuitive to use no matter where you are in the world. So, yes, for the remote jungles of, of the Amazon to the deserts of North Africa to young people here in the United States, um, it's a, a dedicated audio device. Now, you are in radio. You understand the power of radio, the power of the voice. Well, fortunately, God understands that as well. And he said that faith comes by Hearing. hearing, hearing the hearing word of God. by the word of yeah, God. God, absolutely. And we and so, his His word is our bread. It's uh, we cling to His word. Right. They they don't. Yeah, it's life. His His word is life. Exactly. Yeah, and so, so that's what yeah. we help people do is to be able to grow in their faith because mm-hmm. they grow in their hearing of the word of God. Yeah. So we have a lot of ministries even in the U.S. that we're working with that are working with um, immigrants, migrants that are working that come to the U.S. and or refugees. And so we can minister to them in their heart language as well as to help, help them learn English. Or we work with elder care, people that um, you know, are, are, can't hold and read a Bible anymore, but they can hear it and listen to the old hymns of the faith. Uh, see, that's when I've traveled, and I, I, most of my tra- traveling has been not, I'm not Paris or London, although I have been to London. Uh, but it's been, uh, you know, uh, it's been North Korea, it's been Vietnam, it's been uh, India and China several times. And so it's that kind of thing where there is a uh, suppression of truth and the word, which I now I'm in the United States experiencing it myself. But anyway, but I digress. Uh, so I, this, the, 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 hmm, the love of the word, I'll never forget being in Russia before the Soviet Union broke up, being in a communist meeting hall and seeing these babushkas, the grandmothers, you know, with their hand-copied Bibles. Mm-hmm. Hand copied, and they're same thing with their hymnals. You know, just rabbit ear, just ragged, and they would have to share it. I mean, we just can't even comprehend mm-hmm. the preciousness of the word. And so, I have a tremendous appreciation mm-hmm. for what you're doing. I will say this, Daryl. I, I told you this off mic, but I was the direct, uh, first chairman of the North Korea Freedom Coalition, and at the time that we, this was 2002, maybe or three. Too, I think. And I had just been in North Korea on 9-11. And 9-11, it just occurred when I went to work in Washington. Mm-hmm. So um, they asked me to chair that. And among other things, we passed some legislation in the House uh, that would allow for these radios to be dropped uh, into, this is something we did, dropped into North Korea. Uh, and it. And now, and now when I look to see how many North Koreans actually, as much as we can know, you know, have actually come to the United States, escaped, how much they're fighting back. I, I think that you can lay that at the doorstep of these radios, which did contain Christian teaching and content. It wasn't just that, though. Uh, so um, it's like the, the Radio Free Europe. I don't, people are too young, they don't even know. But Radio Free Europe is a huge reason why people never lost hope behind the mm-hmm. Iron Curtain. Absolutely. So what the work you're doing is exciting. It is. It, it really, really is. is yeah. One of the so th- I just... just to pick up on that exciting part. So I just came back this past Sunday from Thailand and at a conference there and, and one of the dear brothers who was able to attend was just overwhelmed. And uh, he shared a testimony and he said, you know, he says, this is the first time 
I've been with more than 10 believers in a room in the last five years. And so it was just overwhelming to him. And so, yeah, to the spiritual freedoms that we enjoy, or we have enjoyed up till now in our country, um, there are many places that our dear brothers and sisters are suffering, and they don't have those freedoms. No, and I'm th- uh, I was just thinking of Thailand when you said that. we won- When I was in Thailand, we visited the Karen people out in the jungles, yes. and, of course, it took us. You've probably been working to the Karen there. people, yes, yes who are mostly Christian. At least they were at the time. And um, I interviewed, not there, but I in a refugee camp. They had a lot of mm-hmm. refugee camps for people that were fl- flooding across from Burma or Myanmar. Yes. Uh, and so there were like Buddhist refugee camps, and then there were other camps. We went to one that had been Buddhist, and I interviewed on a bamboo mat a gentleman who had just come to Christ. And I'm sitting closer to him than I am actually. You were on our knees, and I, you know, I never. And I ask him, well, you know, what difference has receiving Jesus made in your life? Because I can't. You know, I'm thinking, what? How would that change this tribal, simple lifestyle? He looked at me and he said, it's changed the way I think about everything. Mm-hmm. This is what he said to me through the interpreter. And uh, those camps where people were finding Christ were cleaning up, were becoming more orderly, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just traumatic life change, and that's what you guys yes. are doing. Yeah. Now, um, just, oh, so back in 1984, Urbana, do you remember Urbana conferences? Absolutely. They still are going. Yes, yes. well, I used to be, well, I, uh, in my early broadcasts uh, age, I did a, 1984 I was doing broadcasting there, so I remember them saying they wanted to reach every people group. Remember, mm-hmm. I think the mm-hmm. year was 2000, I think. It seems to me that was the goal. But we seem to have found more unreached people groups. Amazingly, I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. they found a lot more. So I was part of finishing the task. We were part of that, uh, that group. And so all the, the groups have been, let's say, found and named and, and numbered and categorized. Uh, but there's still a lot that still are what we very unreached still. What and they're you, unreached for a reason. What do you do with those? Uh, are, are you like tapped into these Bible translators so that as soon as they translate, do you do a new version for that language group? Yeah, so we, are, we partner with many different uh, Bible groups. Uh, Wycliffe, Wycliffe Associates, uh, Seed Company, uh, Lutheran Bible Translators, Ethnos 360, and all of the, and did I mention Pioneer Bible Translators? So they are really doing the front line uh, of a lot of the Bible translations. And then there's a whole new group of Bible translators, which are called church-centric Bible translation. These are for even the smaller group, the smaller populations, where they actually have a, a few believers, and there's no organization, big organization, that is um, so no church, doing, no church. No, yeah. there's little, a small little church. Little tiny church. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, and so they have taken upon themselves to translate the scriptures to their own language. And so um, we're part of that in encouraging them, helping them. And as soon as they get it, so of the like 1,400 languages still that don't have any scripture, over 900 of those don't even have orthography. So what does it, that mean? I'm sorry. They have no Birds, written. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, no. Sound. Yeah. I don't know. What they that don't. Means. Orthography is. They don't even have an alphabet. They oh, don't have okay. a way of okay. writing their language. So it's a completely oral language, and so um, therefore they need an oral Bible, and therefore uh, MegaVoice comes along and provides the platform to help them with the recording as well as. Uh, being able to be their audio Bible. All right, well, this is the 10,000-foot level, and I love it. I'm fascinated by it. But And you may be at the 10,000-foot level so that you don't get to see people and their reactions or hear oh, stories. Okay, so then oh, yeah. tell us and okay, give us an so idea l- of the let impact. Me, the, the impact. Uh, let me just, I was at a conference um, for North Africa um, by invitation only for security reasons, and um, um, a man came up to me and started conversing with me. And I wasn't quite sure if he was part of the conference or not. And so I was asking some questions and come to find out, yes, he was. I asked him where he's from. He was from Holland. And I said, so why are you here at this conference for North Africa? He says, well, I was originally from Algeria. I said, so what's your heart language? And he says, well, I was, you know, I grew up speaking Arabic. I said, but what's your heart language? He says, well, I was, I'm, I'm Berber. He's from Holland and he grew up speaking Arabic. Yes. Okay. Okay. But, but in Algeria. Oh, 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 so he's okay. now he's now a doctor in Holland. Wow! So um, 
very well-educated doctor, speaks uh, seven languages fluently. And so then I asked him, I said, so what is your heart language? He said, well, I'm a Berber, my, my family heritage. Well, I had five different Berber languages with me from North Africa. I said, so, well, which one? And he says, well, I'm Kabili. And I said, amazing. I said, just about a half an hour ago, I finished downloading the Kabili audio, New Testament. And I said, I don't speak Kabili. I don't know Kabili. I said, could you tell me, could you listen to this and see if this is... Is it a good accent? Is it really Kabili? Because I don't know. And he says, sure. And so I turned it on, and I, I forwarded it to Mark, because Matthew chapter 1 is kind of boring right at the beginning, just all the names, right? So, so I forwarded it to Mark um, and hit play, and as soon as he heard it, you would have thought someone shot him. He just crumpled to the floor and just started weeping and weeping. Here's a well-educated doctor who had to flee Algeria because of persecution, who is in his 50s, and for the first time in his life, he hears God speak to him in his own heart language, and it undid him. Just weeping when he heard God speak his language. And that's what we see happening over and over again as when people in Africa, India, they don't have to try to listen in English or French, one of the languages of education. When they hear God speak in their own heart language, they get it. Isn't that something? And it does, there's no barrier of it being a Westerner, which there could be, you know, the colonialism ideas and all of that. Yeah, I mean, and not having to feel like you have to adapt that culture in order to uh, become a Christian. And, and right, interestingly, right. like with a guy from Thailand I was talking about in the refugee camp, he wasn't like... Uh, adopting his life to a culture, God was transforming him from within. Absolutely. And so you just make changes. You just order your life according to Scripture, and somehow we all come out looking pretty much alike, not culturally and not with customs and all of that, but the same fruits of the Spirit. Isn't that something? Pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. All right, now you're from Brazil. You grew up in Brazil. Yes. And you're fluent in Spanish and Portuguese and what was that other one? English. Oh, English. Isn't that convenient <laughs> for the purposes of this so, discussion? Yeah. So when I came to the U.S. at the age of 18, I had uh, an accent, and I was a broadcasting major. And are you Brazilian like you are? Like, eu sou brasileiro. Okay. Nascido e criado no Brasil. I believe you. I believe you. So, <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> but um, the fun thing is, so I had a, a wonderful teacher, uh, Mrs. Seiler, that um, taught me the phonetic alphabet and said, I will give you a Midwestern accent. Oh. And she worked with me and trained me and helped me and um, got rid of my accent. And got you ready for broadcasting. Yes. No, seriously, that's the accent. You know, I, yeah, grew, I grew up no. in Chicago, so, right. yeah. So, okay, can I ask you politically incorrect? You can, you can play the fifth, because I know that you have to be non-political. I get that. But I don't know if people realize what turmoil Brazil is in and has been. And uh, Bolsonaro, the president, yeah, I don't know. I, my Look, I work out of D.C. and I do t- politics and news, okay? Mm-hmm. So the opinion from my friends is that Bolsonaro, is in, you know, they've arre- been, he's been extradited from the U.S. and now they've arrested him, I think, in Brazil. And they don't think that he'll live much longer. And it was, is it true or not that he was a Christian? I'll ask you that. I, I don't know that, that uh, there's clear indication that he is a Christian. I don't know that personally. I do know his wife is. Okay. That we, we do. Okay. There's, I mean, the evidence of the Spirit uh, and the, the fruit of the Spirit in, in that. Um, I would like to, he, he knows the truth. Um, and so I would, I would hope that even through all this difficulty that he definitely will come to faith um, in, a, in a personal way. But I, you know, only God knows. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, but, been, so this is me talking, yeah, not you. Right. Uh, there is a, 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 a Marxist communist has been elected, Luis Ignacio Lula da Silva. Like, it's da Silva, is that most people call Yeah. I just butchered Portuguese. No, no, that was, but, per, that was good, pretty uh, good. But da Silva is the current president, and it's just becoming... Just Lula. Uh, Lula. That's right. They call him... That's, that's right. right. I should have remembered that. So it's pretty much becoming a totalitarian state. Is that fair to say? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So it's becoming a, a group of a, a group is, that needs to be reached too, right? Um, yes. Brazil, um, up until recently, was the world's uh, second largest mission sending country. 
sending out more me? missionaries. I than didn't any other know yet. that, Daryl. Well, that's yeah. an incredible stat. It really is. And After who? Are we still? Are the U.S. still the U.S. First? is still number one. And Britain is probably off the cliff now, right? They're, they haven't been in the top ten for a long time. But um, and North Korea. I'm excuse me, South Korea. <laughs> when North Korea was the yeah, yeah, let's call it Korea. So yeah, the Koreans definitely send out a lot of missionaries. But um, yeah, Brazilians are. We can go just about anywhere, and uh, the Brazilian passport gets me into many places. Isn't that something? Well, yes, I'm sure it does. Now yeah. you're probably safer traveling uh, under that than a U.S. passport. Absolutely. Yeah. So people just want to talk about samba and soccer. <laughs> Well, it's a very interesting country, and uh, just really sad to see what's happening. Well, they you know, would the say chi- that a few months ago they were looking at the U.S. and saying the same thing. No, I know that. And then, of <laughs> so. course, that's the Chinese coming into South and Central America, a whole different... There's danger in the world, yeah. and you know that because you're involved... How many countries again? Oh, uh, probably about 180. Yeah. So, wow. um, yeah, the, so that just reminds me all the more... Of the urgency of the same why we so that's a that's why we have to be about the father's business. Yeah, and um, so we have the privilege of really coming alongside our partners, equipping them to fulfill the Great Commission, so that everyone can engage with God's Word in their own language, be it audio or video. So we do. We this last year we launched the first Bible for the deaf. So we've got um, sign language Bibles on tablets. And we presently have the two. First, why hasn't that ever been done? Yeah, it took only. Uh, I mean, that's amazing to me. And Thirty years yeah. to do it. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. So the first Bible for the deaf just finished last year. Wow. Last question: Do you ever get bored in your job? Never. Every day is <laughs> wonderful and different, and we get to work with so many wonderful partners around the world to share. The good news. You know, the, when God sent his son, the word, and we get to share his word with the world. All right, Daryl, um, people are listening. So do is it interactive? Is this something they can access personally? Or you, do you just work through mission organizations to no. do this? How could people yeah. respond to what you've said? How could they access it, send well, it to their friends, send it to the mission field? What could they do? Absolutely. So if you're uh, individually, you can go on audiobibles.com audiobibles, a plural, dot com. And uh, there you can buy some of our more popular audio Bibles uh, individually. And if you're a church or mission group going on a missions trip, reach out to us at megavoice.com. And just so you can reach me at info at megavoice.com and we'll respond to you. And um, we would love to help our churches, our individuals be able to reach their mission fields. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing you're doing. We didn't even get to talk about your founder and how he started this, but we'll get to that next time. Okay, he's soon. Tom Tresseter. Oh, yeah. Tresseter. No, Tresseter. You Tresseter got it right the first from time. From Australia. He's just yeah. got a great story. I'm, I just think it's a great work, and I'm, I'm really glad to meet you, Daryl. And I'm, I'm glad to hear about your work. You, you've got a fertile soil here for discussion for that. You know, oh. I just have a real heart for that. Well, look forward to next time. Yes, we will for sure. All right, so uh, audiobibles.com if you'd like to buy one of those devices. And info at megavoice.com if you're a church or if you want to, you got a larger project in mind and you want to reach Daryl and mm. find out how you can be And I'll give one other little plug. So they can go to megavoiceinternational.com or uh, .org. And um, there they can join the Bible a Month Club. So if they want to help uh, provide an audio Bible for some dear person on the other side of the world, um, you can join the Bible a Month Club and help us help others be able to have access to God's Word that otherwise they never would be able to. Wow. All right. Well, that they got a lot of assignments, so I hope you guys had a pencil and paper handy when we started this. Yeah. But uh, Daryl Templeton... Chief Partnership Officer of uh, Mega Voice. It's been a pleasure. It really thank you, has. Sandy. Thank you. God bless you guys. He does, and you too. Yes, thank you. All right, Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Sandy Rios back with you. All of the uh, things that I personally, I'll just say me, I worry about what's happening in the United States and I worry about what's happening in the world. I pretty much worry about all of it. I confess to you, even though I know God wouldn't have me worry. So I have to pray about that all the time. But when I hear someone 
like Daryl Templeton tell me about the work that they're doing uh, around the globe and how God is at work and moving. I mean, I'm just thrilled, and it, it gives me hope. And I hope that that, because we see that God has God is on the march in so many ways, and he is on the march here in the United States, too. Trust me. We should talk about that more. But I just thought that was wonderful to see what, what they're doing through these little devices and how people's lives around the globe are being saved. That is the whole business. You know, God is trying to bring as many people to himself as possible before the end does come. And we see it happening, and it kind of builds our faith. We should not be afraid. We should be forward-leaning and making sure that we're doing our part to to share the good news of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and the future. There is a future, a hope, and a future. Uh, Preborn is in the business of saving the lives of babies, and let me give you an example. You know, recently a young mom heard a preborn ad, and the lives of her family changed dramatically. She had kept the pregnancy a secret from her mom and dad and made an appointment at an abortion clinic. Days before that appointment, she heard a preborn ad on the radio and heard that a baby's heartbeat is detectable just days after conception. She couldn't get that message out of her mind. Well, the day came and she arrived in the parking lot of the abortion clinic. She sat there thinking again about that powerful message. While she was terrified, she called her mom and said, Mom, I'm pregnant. I have an appointment right now for an abortion, and I can't do it. Please come and get me. Together, we helped, that means you and me, helped to rescue this precious baby and mother from the pain of an otherwise fatal decision. And we can be praying for this brave young girl. Preborn writes 200 stories just like this every single day. One ultrasound is just $28. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy, preborn.com slash Sandy. $28 will pay for one ultrasound, and I bet you can afford even more than $28. So uh, give your most generous donation to help people, women. We, We don't have our name because some of these stories, they don't want to give their names, and you can understand that. But this young girl, her life is real, I guarantee you. Uh, And this, you know, an ad like this, uh, someone like me talking about this is what caused her to choose to keep her baby. So we need to keep this going, keep the word, get the word out that there's an alternative to abortion. And that's what Preborn is doing. So go to preborn.com slash Sandy, preborn.com slash Sandy. I've asked my sweetheart, who was by me every moment at NRB to join me just to have a little conversation. We had a good time, didn't we, honey? Oh, we really did. Well, we worked hard. We didn't have we didn't have time for lunch most <laughs> days. I have to say that. <laughs> yeah, to say it was a vacation wouldn't yeah. been very uh, misleading. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of reward. Yeah, we hit, we were, we did a lot of ca- we did a lot of stuff on camera, and you're going to hear some of the. Well, in fact, Troy's was on camera. We'll be making that available later. But I did lots of it was was podcasting, just voice like you and I are doing. We had a little cubicle in a ballroom, and that was that was quite an adventure, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, you you think you're going to have some kind of studio when you walk in, and basically it's a three sided canvas, uh, open open topped area that's about eight feet wide. You can hardly fit a table and two people in there, <laughs> and you can hear everything that's going on around you. The, yeah, next door. These walls don't stop anything. <laughs> but it was so small, you couldn't even sit in there with me when no, I was doing, no. interviewing the guests. I, so, I was sitting outside. So you're wandering the halls and had an adventure, yeah. right? And I, I'm standing outside our cubicle and next to the, the one adjacent to us, and I hear this voice coming through the canvas, and I think, I, I think I know that voice. And if you recall, back in 2020, there was a thing called The Return, which was hosted by Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, uh, who is um, a Messianic Jew out of New York. And he's unbelievably powerful. Anybody that was either there that day or watched it on television and watched his presentation, I I mean, I was awed by it. So I, I peek around the corner. I felt like a little kid. I peek around the corner. He's doing a Zoom call. And sure enough, it's him. So now I'm trying to take my cell phone camera and <laughs> stick it around the corner of the canvas. Well, he's talking. He's not exactly he's in a private position. And get a picture of it. And I got a picture, and it was t- it was not a good picture of him. <laughs> and thankfully, he finished. And I thought I would love to say hello to him. Well, it turned into a lot more than that. He came out. He he spoke to Sandy. He couldn't have been nicer. And he's just amazing. 
We'd had some contact with him before the NRB trying to book him, and he just wasn't free. I mean, he was so oh. busy. So we were, we were going to have him on uh, in the future, as soon, I hope, because I, I really he's intriguing. You know, one thing I wanted to say, Bruce, I, as you well know, because you were next to me, I saw so many people that I've known for so many years. I have been in this business a long time. And I was just thinking, I would see someone, I'd say, that's from that decade. I, I saw Wayne Shepard, some of you who are moody broadcasting listeners from days of old or even now. Uh, that's how I started on radio. And Wayne Shepard was one of the voices there. I was uh, Jim Warren was the national host, and he... Oh, it's, a, it's actually a miraculous, wonderful story. I met him in a very strange way. God orchestrated the whole thing. It was Jim Warren, a moody, who got me into radio. I thought he was crazy. I said, you're crazy, Jim. I can't, I'm from Southern Illinois. I sound funny. Why would you want me on the radio? And so he insisted, and that's how it all started. But Wayne was there with us during that time, and I saw him, and I haven't seen him in probably 30 years. So it just took me back in time and uh, just just fun to see what God has done. And it's amazing. I felt like the National Religious Broadcasters Convention this year had a different tone. I sometimes have felt, and I'll just be confessing to you, I sometimes feel, had felt in the past that there was so many people trying to get ahead and get a break and looking for angles and things like that. Uh, And that's true because people are people. But this time I really felt that God was at work and that people were genuinely trying to do the work of the ministry and doing it in ways that honored him. And I, I really liked that. So so if you just call us, perhaps you can fill me in on what you think about that and how I should think about that. I could use your help. I'm serious. Uh, I would appreciate your thoughts about that and anything else that you're hearing on the show. You know you can call us and leave a message at 662-821-2040. That's 662821 2040. We recently had a lot of fun with your phone calls, and we plan to do that again. And your email. You can email us at sandy at afr.net. That's sandy at afr.net. Meanwhile, thank you for listening today, and honey, thank you so much for joining me and my being my partner at NRB. It's nice to have a partner, I'll tell you that. All right, Paul, thanks for listening. This has been Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7.